Okay, so hello, hello everybody. This is Sabrina and today we're going to be going over part four of Becoming Limitless. Everything that I teach is from the book Limitless from Jim Quick. I recommend you guys go and get it and let me know how it is. So guys, today we're going to cover, we're going to divide it into two major sections. And the second one has two uh, little sections, okay? The first one is the one that I didn't have the time to do last time, right? Is the seven lies of learning. So we didn't have the time to cover it last, um, last week and we decided to, to keep it for next time. So we're gonna start with that one so we can catch up. The seven lies of learning, really good by the way. And then we're gonna start into the limitless motivation. So we've had the limitless mindset, the limitless method, and now it's limited, limitless motivation. And in the limitless motivation, we're going to talk about purpose and energy. Okay, just so you know how to organize your notes. I, I know you guys, uh, I mean, I know I like to be organized in that matter. So we're going to start with the seven lies of learning. So those basically are the misconception that people come up with to tell themselves that they can't, they can't do certain things because of X, Y, Z. We're going to go and we're going to, you know, talk about that. Okay, so you understand that those are lies. Okay, so. Lie number one, intelligence is fixed. Let's just, let's just get right into it. Lie number one, intelligence is fixed. If you're on here though, I do believe you don't think intelligence is fixed, but it's still important to, to go over that one, okay? So this basically, and I'm, I have my book, okay, today. Um, so the thing is, is that most of the time, guys, we think that we can't, learn more than what we have really uh, already learned yet everybody that's on here you learn things every day right you've been learning since you're a child but some people think oh but I, I, that that's my level of intelligence right and they don't realize it but it's like no well no because every day you, you're able to learn you know and it's extremely difficult guys to accomplish something when you don't believe it can be done in the first place so if you believe that you're, you can become more intelligent, that you can't learn more, you, guess what's gonna happen? You're not gonna learn more, not gonna become more intelligent. And so there's, he divides it into two types of mindset, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. You've already heard of those, but we're still gonna go over them quickly. A fixed mindset, guys, is those that believe that their basic abilities, their intelligence and their talents are just fixed straight. It is what it is. This is my talent, this is what I'm good at, I'm going to stay good at this, like this my entire life. I'm going to be like this my entire life. Whereas growth mindset is where the people think that their talents and abilities can develop through effort, good teaching, and persistence. A good example of that, when I got started in my business, you guys know, if you don't know, I do network marketing. When I got started in this business, I had no experience. Imagine I would have said, well, you know, I have no experience. So like, I'm never going to learn. Like I'm, uh, I really have no talent. Like I've never done this. This is not for me. I'm never going to learn. Do you think I would be where I am today? No, I knew I, I didn't know nothing. That was a new. I knew I had no experience. That was a new. But what I knew, though, is that I could learn. What I knew, though, is that I would become the, a beast. That's what I knew. Therefore, I was open to learning because that's the thing with that lie is when you think that your intelligence is fixed, you're closing yourself to new teachings and new learnings. You're not welcoming that into your life, if that makes sense. Whereas where you're like, no, I can grow. I can learn. That's when you start opening up yourself and actually start learning and growing and becoming more intelligent, you know, and often he talks about it too, you know, often in life, especially before in the, in the, um, you know, a couple of years ago, um, decades ago, uh, people would associate uh, being intelligent with the IQ, 
But you know what they started to realize throughout the year is that the IQ is overrated. You want to know why? Because the IQ, it does not measure the, your level of creativity or emotional intelligence. Okay, some of you guys may not be good at math. Maybe you suck at math. You're like the worst. Like, okay, you filled all of your classes, but you're emotionally like A1, emotionally extremely intelligent. Does that, does that make you less, less of a smart person because you're, you're bad at math? Because let's be real, IQ measures what, it's want, what it wants to measure. Okay, it was created years and thousands of years ago. Okay, I mean, not hundreds of years ago. Okay, relax there. Um, you know what I mean? And so the, 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 the scientists and psychologists have been, have been realizing that we can't just, because that's the old school way of doing it. They're going to give you an IQ test and they're going to be like, okay, well, that person is intelligent and that person is not. But I don't want you guys to think that because you're not good at something, you're not intelligent. There are so many other things that come with being intelligent. Somebody that's intelligent is somebody that can be creative. Somebody that's able to speak their mind. Somebody that's able to understand their emotions. That's somebody that's, that's an intelligent person to me. And, you know, that's exactly, and I love this. I'm going to read it from the book. Listen to this. Your intelligence is not only malleable, but dependent on your ability to cultivate a growth mindset. Start looking at your attitude. Listen to the way you talk. A fixed mindset usually shows up in your language. This is really, really good. Maybe you say to yourself, I'm not good at reading. That kind of statement implies that you believe this is a fixed situation and that your skills can't be improved. I didn't like reading before, by the way. I read every single day now. Now, Imagine I would have kept on saying, I don't like reading. I don't, I'm not good at reading. It's not for me. I read too slow. I don't like it. Do you think I would be able to read today? No. But yet I read every single day and I got faster at reading because I didn't tell myself, I stopped telling myself that I didn't love to read. So why instead don't you switch it to say, I am not good at this yet. I'm not good at reading yet. It wasn't my cup of tea before, but I'm going to make it work. I'm not good at running yet. I don't love running. I still went. Eh, you know, if it, it was, if it was 20 minutes or whatever, who, what matters? I still went on a 20 minute run. I could have stayed my, I, I could have kept my ass at home. I didn't. So and the, here's the truth. It's not how, I love how he says that. He always says that. It's not how smart you are. It's how you are smart. Okay. I'm going to repeat this again. I hope you guys get it. It's not how smart you are. It's how you are smart. Okay. And the, the new belief that I want you guys to leave from this slide is intelligence is fluid. Okay. So that was lie number one. Lie number two, we only use 10% of our dreams. Drop a two in the chat of our brains. I'm not of our dreams. We only use 10% of our, of our brains. Drop a two in the chat if you've heard this before. I know I've, I've heard this before. We only use 10% of the capacity of our brains. If we could use the most capacity, right? We all, but you know what? This is a myth. It's a myth. It's not true. And usually it comes, um, they started to track to see like, where does this myth come from? And they realized that it comes around the, the 1920s um, from Dr. Carl Lashley in the 1920s. That's when he, you know, scientists, scientists in this time thought that you only use 10%, you know, they're, they're really dramatic, um, but it's a myth. And basically, um, 
uh, there's Morgan Freeman in one of the movies that asked a question, but then we have a neuroscientist that answered from the movie, okay? And I'm gonna read it. So what if there was a, a way of, of assessing 100% of our brain? What might we be capable of? So that's in a movie. So the neuroscientist, David Eagleman, wanted to answer that for us, okay? And he said, we would be, that's good. We would be capable of exactly what we're doing now, which is to say, we do use 100% of our brain, period. The truth is, it's not that we don't use 100% of our brain, it's that we don't know how to use our brain. That's the truth. The fact that you only use 10% of your brain, that's a lie. You've never been taught how to use your brain, that's something else. You've never been taught how to condition your brain, that's something else. Or you never tried to condition your brain, that's something else. But I know, guys, that I can't be the only one that heard this a thousand times in my life. Oh, if, we, if I only could use my old brain. No, you do use it. You just don't know how to exercise your brain exactly, Elizabeth. And he gives, he gives an example. I don't know if I covered that today, but in the book, he goes over examples. But I'm just going to share it now. For example, a way to exercise what he does in his morning routine. I think, I'm, I think it's, anyways, I don't know if I have the time to cover it, but he brushes teeth with his left hand every morning right away because he starts his day with doing first of all drinks water to oxygenate his brain second thing he goes and brushes teeth with his left hand because that way he conditioned his mind and he, he exercises his brain to do the things that the hardest things first so you don't realize so i tried it the other day it's so weird try it i'm i'm a, I'm a right hand so i start i was like it was really fun it was really you know it's not the the fastest but try it Try to let me know how it goes. You'll see, but you know, we don't realize, but it conditions your, your brain. You know, when last week we said, try to remember, uh, not last week, two weeks ago, try to remember somebody's phone number to train your mind. You remember when we said that? That's the same thing. Doing things like that, just it conditions your mind to do the hardest things first and to get out of your comfort and always want to learn it. You're going to, your brain is going to remain a sponge, basically. So I love that he said that it's still up to this day. It does every single day. That's what he says in the book. So I love that. Um, so now he, he goes over like a couple of um, facts um, uh, about the brain. So basically brain um, scans, um, brain scans have shown that all brains areas are active, no matter what the activity is, meaning all of your brain is working. For example, right now I'm teaching you this, this book. Well, all of my brain is, is working. It's analyzing the readings. I have to at the same time read, Think about what I'm going to say. I'm going to speak to you guys. I see you guys. You know what I mean? I'm touching. So my brain right now is in full, full motion, like all over the place. But it's like that all the time. So it's not true that you don't use it all at all the times. So that's what happens every time. Everything you do. Um, and okay, so yeah, that's kind of saying the same thing. So basically, the new belief is that I am learning to use my whole brain in the best way possible. I want you guys to write it down. That's new belief. So every time he goes with the lie and he ends up that part with the new belief that you have to leave from the lie that you just learned, if that makes sense, okay? So I'm learning to use my whole brain in the best ways possible. If you go with that intention, you'll be intentional with growing your, your brain and ex exercising it, okay? Now, lie number three, we've heard that a lot. Mistakes are failures. Hey, mistakes are failures. That's a lie. You know, even the greatest of the greatest, Einstein made mistake. He made simple mathematical mistakes that appeared in some of his most important work. The, the, the work we know Einstein for, he made mistakes. Do we think of him? Oh, he's such a failure. Oh, Einstein is such a freaking failure. That guy, hmm, he failed. No, we don't. We don't remember him as that. 
because we don't, you know why we don't consider him as that? Because it didn't let his mistakes define him or stop him. He didn't let it. So why, and I'm asking you guys, why do we fear mistakes so much? You want to know why? Because when we were young, you were judged by your mistakes. Especially in elementary school. You drop something on the floor. This is not good, Sabrina. That's a bad girl. Bad girl, right? Oh, you did that? Bad girl, Sabrina. I'm talking, you know, bad girl, Sabrina. That's not, you don't, you shouldn't do that. Sabrina, ladies don't do that. Yeah, you don't sit like that, Sabrina. That's my mom is a Latin mom. So listen, I had to do all of these things. Why? Like, why should I do this, mom? Like, I don't, I wasn't literally on the subway. Mom went, Sabrina, cross your legs. You're a lady. Like, mom, I'm six years old. I mean, I don't obviously did not say that, but anyways, just remembering. So we were always judged by the mistakes we would make. You drop something on the floor. That's a bad boy. Oh, you're a bad. We do that. It's just, I'm not a mom yet. I'm sure I'm going to still do it. Listen. But the truth is, a mistake is not a failure. It's just a new way to learn something. It's just a different way to do things. Just a different way to do things. And what's amazing, if it really is a big mistake, well, you're going to learn and do better next time. Embrace the failure. So the new belief is there's no such thing as failure. Only failure to learn. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So that's the new belief. Never associate a mistake with a failure, okay? Number four, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And I say it all the time. Knowledge is in power. Applied knowledge is. Hey, Elvis is like, yeah, that's, a, I think that was probably my quotes on probably three posts. Just don't tell anybody, okay? It's like, ah, if it's been a couple of months, I can use it again. You know, it never goes old. It's always good. Don't stalk me too much. Hey, mind your business, okay? Mind your business. Okay, my old Instagram, I, oh, maybe you're never going to find it. My old Instagram, <laughs> can't take, you can't see it. But what's important, guys, it's the performing of some action that align with that knowledge that is power, which is what I just said. We have more access to knowledge than we have ever had in history of humankind. And yet this glut of information makes it more and more difficult to act. You remember last week, we, or I mean, the first week, I think we talked about when you learn too much information that you're so overwhelmed that you end up not doing anything. You remember that? Well, that's it. People are like, oh, well, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. But if you're not applying nothing, you're not powerful in no ways in, in, in that matter. You know what I mean? It's like when we take notes, I'm a huge note taker. And one time I remember it was on a training was probably a year ago. And they were like, you know, it's good to take notes and notes and notes, but you have to apply those notes. It's you have to read back your notes because I didn't take notes, guys. If I show you the number of notebooks I have, like if we go out of mastermind, it's like I'm like this. And if I'm not on, a, I'm taking notes on my phone, like I'm extreme. And I saw, I was like, are you talking to me? It was on a training. They're obviously not talking to me. And I was like, and I got triggered. Best believe ever since I read my notes. I read my notes. I got triggered. I was like, oh my God, it's so true. Do I read my notes? Do I go back? I started questioning myself. So you know what I did? I make sure to, to read them. But because if you don't, why are you taking notes right now? If you're on my call right now and you're taking, well, if you're not taking notes, I just want you to know that you're going to forget 40% of what we said today in 24 hours. And in today's, you'll remember barely 30% of what we spoke about on this call. That's why I recommend you take notes. Obviously, some people are driving and stuff like that. So I understand you're just listening. I do that sometimes too. But if you are taking notes, if you don't go and read them, 
you're not going to remember anything. It's not doing anything to you. You're going to forget because in an hour, you maybe learn something else. And then tomorrow morning, you're going to learn something else and then something else and then something else. And you'll remember always the last thing you've learned and, and the first thing. You always remember one of the first things you learned a little bit in the middle and a little bit at the end. But what happens? You've learned a lot that you can apply, but you didn't go back to your notes, so you don't know. Okay? So I really like that. And basically, the new belief, what's really power isn't knowledge. It's knowledge times action that is power. So the formula of being powerful in what you learn is to multiply knowledge with action. Once you have those both, both of them, that's when you're extremely powerful with your knowledge. Okay, line number five, learning new things is very difficult. The truth is, is that learning won't always be easy, but the effort pays dividends. In fact, learning should be at least a little uncomfortable. Otherwise, you're mostly reinforcing what you already know. And most of the time, guys, we associate learning with school, right? Because we've learned, you, we've all been through school. Even if you ended up quitting school, you've been in school at some point in your life. But, and so we always think that you have to, there's certain ways to learn, but there's so many ways you can learn. You don't just have to be in school to learn. I'm not in school right now. And I think I've learned more in the last six months that I've done the, my entire life. Do, some of you guys, can you relate? Drop a three in the chat if you can relate to this. Right? Because when you stop telling yourself that learning new, I don't tell myself learning new things is difficult. Listen, I'm personally do crypto and trading right now. Guys, before I do this, I was so lost. I had no experience. Okay. Like when I tell you I was lost, I lost $2,000. It's like, there's loss and there's me. Okay. Like I was not even lost. I was, let's, be, let's be real. I was just naive. And so when I started this, I could have been like, it's going to be so hard. I'm not going to be able to learn. But you know what I did? I didn't do that. I said, well, you know what? I'm willing to learn. I was lost before. Well, guess what? I'm not going to be lost no more. And now I'm learning. And sometimes I place my own trade. And excuse me, I do that. Yes. Okay. And I win them. Okay. From And yesterday, you know, what's funny is that I was having dinner with my mom. And I have my computer opened up, right? And I was trading with the team. And we made some money. Anyways, um, no income. Uh, I'm not, you know, um, and so my mom looks at my computer. She's like, how do you do to understand? It's a binary. Like, how do you do to understand all of this? I'm like, mom, so, you know, like I, I try to, I feel like I'm cool now. I'm like, mom, you know, like, this is what I do. It's what I do, mom. And she started laughing. And then I started winning the trades. And my mom is like, you're only winning because I'm here. I'm like, well, stay, mommy. I love you. Stay here. And we have, we're having a cup of wine, you know, anyways. But imagine I'm saying that because imagine I would have said, I would have kept telling myself that story of, I'm not good. You've lost money before. You're not going to be able to learn. This is for guys. It's not for you. You're not for that. Your thing is social media now. You're not, a, you're not an investor. You're not a trader. I would have never learned. And yet I'm still learning. It's going to be a forever. I'm going to forever be learning. Okay. So we have to stop telling ourselves that learning something is very difficult because if you say so, it will be difficult. Okay. Are we good? So the new belief when you learn new ways how to learn, the challenge of learning new things can be fun, easier, and more enjoyable. So maybe be a little bit more creative when it comes to learning. That's why I have so many things to learn, guys. Like I have the podcast, I read books, I help, I help on trainings, um, I listen to, I do meditate. I learn from so many ways that it doesn't get boring. 
literally learn from everything, from situation. I do a lot of retrospection with what happens in my life. So I'm able to learn from what I go through or what people around me go through. Like I've been, and do you know how I learned to learn like this? I learned, I learned how to learn this through a podcast that I was learning from. You know what I mean? It's like when you start opening yourself, that's what happens. You start just learning from all of the little things and it's so beautiful. And then you start being like, and you want to learn. And then you start being hungry for it. Okay. Now, line number six. The, for, for some, it's, you maybe think this. For others, maybe you stop doing so if you've been here for a while. But it's still very good to go over. The criticism of other people matters. Ooh. And so... He talks in the book, okay, that he um, spoke about um, Jim uh, Carrey. He, he spoke with Jim Carrey, the, you know, the guy that, that, that does the movie Dumb and Dumber 2. Um, and at a point, I'm just going to read it too so you understand, okay? So at one point he said, Jim, I'm working on Dumb and Dumber 2 and I need to get really smart to be Dumb and Dumber. He contacted, you know, Jim Quick is very famous now. And the mask movie. The mask movie was my dumb and dumber is not my type of movie, but the mask is so good. I loved it. When I was younger, I loved this movie. So a few weeks later, we spent a day together at his home doing one of her and during one of her breaks while making guacamole, it's really specific in the kitchen. I asked, What do you do? Why do you do what you do? You're such a unique actor and you're a little bit extreme on camera. And Jim said, I act that's really cute what he said. I and it's you know what I like? I want to stop it here. Is because you know sometimes you have your you think some certain things of people but then when you know why they do things or you know you, you start understanding why they are who they are it's like wow i didn't see it like that because all i see is my perception you know so i just like i could have never like think he would have said that you know and he said um i act that way because i want to give the people who are watching permission to be themselves the biggest travesty in the world is, is people preventing and limiting themselves from expressing who they really are because they're afraid of what other people think. Isn't that beautiful? So I said that through him being so extra, so funny, so dumb, you start laughing at it and it makes you feel comfortable to be yourself because you're over here thinking, well, if he's, if he's that dumb, well, I can be that dumb. You know what I mean? It's such a, it's, it's just, it's such a dumb movie. That's the point of it. But you know, when I look at movies like this, for me, it's not, I don't think it's funny. I don't, for, it's not my type of humor. You know, we all have some different types of humor. But now that I see that, I understand. I'm like, wow, it's actually beautiful for him to think that way because it's so true. Sometimes people, all they need is for somebody else to allow them to give them permission to be themselves without the, this, the fear of being, of being judged all the time. Can you guys relate? Do, have you been through that where, at some points you would always fear that people would judge you or say something about you do or this the way you I know I was like that in high school I was like that in high school I I was scared of what people at the same time I had I, I there was no fucks giving but it was a balance of both balance of both I was a little wild in in high school but at some sometimes it would you know sometimes the critics of people can hurt and when you've been hurt before, you're scared of it happening again. So then you're careful with what you say. You're careful with what you do. But the truth is, it, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, um, what does it say here? Um, oh, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and so true. You guys are going to relate. The fastest learners on the planet are children. Do you want to know why? Do you guys, do you, can you guess why they're the fastest learner? 
I mean, obviously, because they don't know what they don't know. So they're curious. Yeah, indeed. But the reason why is because they don't care what other people think of them. When they learn how to say something, if they look crazy, they don't care. They don't know if they should care or not. When they learn how to walk, if they fall, do you think they care? No, they laugh or sometimes they cry and then you cry with them and then they laugh. I know I'm going to be extra like this. My child is going to be screaming and is going to be crying. I'm going to be like, oh, with them, you know, because I've seen some parents do that. And then the baby starts laughing. I'm like, yeah, this is so smart. I'm keeping that, you know, and they will fall 300 times and get up 300 times in the course of learning to walk and don't feel embarrassed. They just know they want to walk. So my um, moral of the story, let's be children again. I'm just kidding. Um, so most of us fear the opinions of others when we simply think about trying something new. But the truth is, and you know what, guys? I said it, I, I did a reel on it, you know, um, like make it, made it funny. And I'm like, it's like, don't you find it suspicious? And, and what I said is like, you know, you're, my reels, sometimes they get 5,000 views, 6,000 views. And I get like 200 likes, 300 likes. Moral of the story People are going to watch your stuff. They're going to, they're not going to like or support. So why are you thinking about what they say about you? They don't even, you know what I mean? Why are you caring about what, what Nancy has to say when Nancy doesn't even care about you? She doesn't like or support you. She's just watching. So why are you going to care about what, what, what she says? Oh no, but if I post that, maybe Carol is going to look at my stuff and she's like going to judge me. Well, Carol doesn't care. She doesn't. And if she does, she's uh, then find, find yourself a life. Cause I really don't have the time. I barely have the time to think about me. I'm not going to start thinking about others like that. Like what they do, what they don't do and judge them. Like I barely have time for myself. Do you think I have time to, you know? So that's when I realized, but sometimes we give it so much uh, attention. So the new belief that I want you guys to leave from with, I mean, it's not your job, your job to like, love, or respect me. It's mine. It's not your job to like, love, or respect me. It's mine. That's my job. In your case, that's your job. Write it down. It's nobody else's job to make you feel like that but yourself. And if you focus on that to get those feelings from yourself, you know what's going to happen? You're not going to seek it in others. You're not going to need others to give you love. Obviously, you want respect, but you guys know what I mean. Line number seven, genius is born. Genius is born. Have you heard that too? You know, the geniuses, it was thousands, it was hundreds of years ago. It's like they were born a genius. The truth is they're, they're, they weren't. Um, and I don't wait, because here he said a story um, and I want to read it. Um, I just want to kind of go through it fast. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, so, you know, uh, um, Bruce Lee, you guys know Bruce Lee? Oh, Elvis like, oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. Okay. I mean, I don't, I didn't know him that much. Now I still know who he is, but I'm not like a crazy fan. It's not my thing. But you guys want to know something? You know, everybody knows him for his martial arts and stuff like that. You know, how crazy, like how such an athlete he was and, and all these things and his mindset, you know. But did you know that how Bruce Lee started? Okay. Elvis like, yes. Did you, okay. Do you want to do the call for me, Elvis? Because listen, you, you probably know him more than me. He's like, yep. <laughs> And you know what's crazy? We always look at him so much for what he's accomplished, you know? But you know what? You want to know how it started? It started because this kid was fighting everybody at school. He was getting into fights every day, all day. Like, nobody knew what to do with him. 
Today, when you think of Bruce Lee, we don't think of him. Oh, yeah, he, when he was a kid, he used to fight with the other kids. Mm-hmm. He was a bad boy. No, we don't think of him like that. We're like, wow, Bruce Lee is such a legend. His mindset is so crazy. He's such an amazing, like, you know, a figure. But that's how he started. He didn't start the genius Bruce Lee. No, he started as a kid that would fight everybody else. And so at some point he realized, well, I like fighting. So how can I use my fighting in my advantage? He started martial arts. He started to actually to do some um, Wing Chun. Okay, I don't know how is that supposed to be looking like, but uh, you know, that's what it, the book says. So that's, that's what I'm sharing with you guys, okay? Um, I don't do martial arts, okay? So he was accepted, you know, into this amazing school where they would show them like a certain technique. And um, he, at some point though, he, and he, start, he got into a fight. But you know, when you do martial arts, it's like a thing that you can get into fights with people that don't practice martial arts because it's like, you're not, especially like, um, um, cause you know, it's like an, um, you know, the, the movie Karate Kid too, you can get into fights, you know, when the other guys come and fight him, that's not okay. Because you guys don't, if somebody that does martial arts comes and fight me, they're going to win. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to win for sure. Like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to drop on the, like, you know, I don't even want to try here. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty much. Yes. So, so he got into a fight. The police caught him anyways, got into some trouble, whatever. And it put everything into perspective for him because he, um, he wasn't interested. He started realizing that he wanted to have his own form of martial arts, which is what we know him from today. Okay. And, you know, Lee wasn't just talented. He was also willing to teach other people. And he accepted everyone who came to him as a student, regardless of their race of background, because also there were certain standards that these boys had to have in order to be accepted. You couldn't just fight. You have to be allowed and be accepted into a community. It's very strict. It's very militant. And you really didn't want to do all of that. You know what I mean? And the Chinese community, like, and all that stuff, they're, they're not easy. They're very strict. They come from a very militant um, routine, if I can say so. You know, if it's not new. We've, I actually look up to them a lot for it. They're so, like, on top of their game, guys. They're so militant. But sometimes it can be extreme. You know what I mean? And so... At some point, he started to say, you know, I do not believe in styles anymore. I do not believe there's such thing as the Chinese way of fighting, Japanese way of fighting. Instead, Lee's approach focused on fighting as a way of the ultimate self-expression. When people come to me to learn, they're not coming to me to learn to defend themselves. They want to learn to express themselves through movement, anger, or determination. That's what he realized. He was using fighting to express how he was feeling. You know what I mean? So... You know, and he argues, um, so basically he was a natural genius, you know, someone born to achieve outsized physical, mental, or uh, was he, I mean, sorry, so was he a natural genius? No, he wasn't. When he was a kid, everybody would look at him as the trouble kid who got into fights. Then he went to a school to learn martial arts. He couldn't fit in. He got into a fight. They didn't like that. So he came to the U.S. because nobody wanted his ass. They wanted to um, send it to like, not jail, but you know, like he was getting in trouble with the police. So they had to come to Oakland in the U.S. So he had to find the Chinese community. He started doing classes again, didn't like it, decided to create his own style. So was he born a genius? No, he wasn't. Is he a genius though? He is. He is, and we all remember him for it. So greatness isn't born, it's grown. Okay, through deep practice, ignition, and master coaching, anyone can develop a talent so deep that it looks like genius. It's like, you know, everybody, and when I know that, it's because we always think that the, a genius is like 
Albert Einstein, Bruce Lee. We have like those specific people, but you're more of a genius than you know. And then you think, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago too. So new belief, genius is not born. It's made to, through deep practice. Okay. So that was a long, I did not expect all of that. Did you guys like it though? The seven lies of learning? Seven lies of learning. Did we like it? Yes. <laughs> Heather's like, <laughs> thank you, Heather. I appreciate you. Yes. Okay. Awesome. We'll see where we can go. Anyways, no rush, guys. I just love this book so much. I'm almost, I'm almost done. <laughs> like uh, 40 pages to go. And uh, now we're going to go over um, the limitless motivation, which is the why. Okay. And the first section is going to be purpose. It's something that we already spoken about, but I wanted to bring it on again because it's in the book and I love it. Okay. So basically is how do certain um, defining phrases determine who you are? Who do you, um, how do your values define you? What does your sense of purpose say about who you are? Basically, that's what he covers. So how to start with that um, topic is um, the book is limitless. It's to start with your why. Start with your why. Okay. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So it follows that if you don't know why you do what you do, how will anyone else? Isn't this good? People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So it follows that if you don't know why you do what you do, how will anyone else? Okay. A goal is the point one wishes to achieve. A purpose is the reason one aims to... Um, at to achieve a goal. Whether your goal is to read a book a week, learn another language, get in shape, or just leave the office on time to see your family, these are all things that you need to achieve. But how you do this? So we're going to set, and I like it because he's going to, he goes over setting smart goals. Setting smart goals, I'll go over quickly, but it's not the first time. I actually think I did talk about that once at one of, on one of my calls, but SMART goal stands for specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-based. Okay, I'll go um, through one, well, each one of them, just for the people that are new and that never heard it, and then we'll go over what he thinks is better to, to do. So a specific is for your goal should be well-defined. Don't say you want to be rich. Say you want to make a certain amount of money. So yes, you want to you want to be rich. How rich? How much? How much do you want to make? $50,000 a month, $100,000 a month, you know, a, a million dollars a month, feeling fancy, two million, easy, busy. How, how, how much do you want to make? How rich do you want to be? $500,000 a month, period. It's done. If you believe it is, it will. And for measurable, if you can't measure your goal, you can't manage it. Getting fit is immeasurable. Running a six-minute mile is I didn't go to that. I'm going to go on a run to, to be fit. I knew exactly how much I wanted to go for a run. I just timed myself to see if what I thought, because I know where I wanted to go and run. If it's, if, if it wasn't going to match so that way, I can, I can measure, for example, every week, am I able to do a little bit more? Am I able to do it faster? The same circuit? You know what I mean? It's measurable. A stands for actionable. You wouldn't drive to a new town without asking for directions. Develop the action steps to achieve your goal. So there's you. And there's your goals. Well, guess what? It's not just, you know, I want to be rich. My $500,000 a month. There's things between that. There's like work that you need to get done. It's like the manifestation that you need to get done. It's like you start, you need to start making 10,000 and then 20 and then 50 and then hundred. And then you go up to 500,000. So what are the actions you're going to do in between? 
R stands for realistic. If you're living in your parents' basement, it's hard to become a millionaire. Your goals should challenge and stretch you, but not so much that you give up on them. You know, sometimes what happens with people that don't take action, there's two ways. First off, they don't even know what they want. They don't know. So they're, they're don't, they don't do anything because they don't even know what they want. Or the people that literally go from making $500 a month and they're like, I'm going to be a millionaire in three months. I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying don't dream big. I'm saying if and after three months, you're still not a millionaire, you know what's going to happen? That might suck. I'm still not a millionaire? Really? Damn, bro. But it's not even realistic. Saying I'm going to be a millionaire in two years, well, hell yeah, go for it. You know what I mean? But it also requires, what are you going to do? Are you? Did you put yourself in a position to be able to achieve that goal realistically and fast if you want to get it fast. You know, sometimes people want, it's like, I have, you know, we always know those people that complain about their job that don't make enough money and they're like, what I want to, I'm going to be rich one day, but they do nothing else but go to their job. I'm like, well, unless you won the lottery, I don't know how, I don't want to be mean. I mean, dream big, go for you. Like I'm, I'm the hype girl. So I'm always going to be, ah, it's fun. but let's be real. If you don't put anything in place for you to get to our new place, it's not going to just come from the sky. I'm not just going to be like, I'm a millionaire. Oh my God. The millions are falling. They're falling from the sky. I mean, I wish. I mean, I wish. We all, we all imagine just when they start raining money, I would be really happy. But it's not like that, right? And T stands for time-based. The phrase, a goal is a dream with a deadline comes to mind. Setting a time to complete your goal makes you that uh, much more likely to reach it, okay? So now to get your goals out of your head and into your hands, make sure they fit with your emotions, they fit with your heart. So we're going to go over how, um, heart. Okay, he defines it. And I love how we approach it. It's really cool, especially when you put it next to this, how to set smart goals. Okay, so H is for healthy. Okay, how can you make sure your goals support your greater well-being? Your goals should contribute to your mental, physical, and emotional health. I love that. Your goals should contribute to your mental physical and emotional health, okay? E is for enduring. Your goals should inspire and sustain you during the difficult times when you want to quit. So that's when you want your goals so much that no, when it gets hard, you know that you want them so much because you're so connected with them. They're so, they're so precise. They're so everything that you don't want to give up. Cause it's going to get hard. There's some days you're going to be that. It's like me this morning. I was really close to skipping. And one of my goals is to be in the best shape of my life in the next couple of weeks. If I didn't go for that run, well, I'm not getting closer to my, to one of my goals, which is to have the best, my best shape. Uh, e stands for enduring. A stands for alluring. I don't know if I'm saying that right though. You shouldn't always have to push yourself to work on your goals. They should be so exciting, enticing, and engaging that you're pulled toward them. I love that. It's so true. I personally love what I do so much. Yes, sometimes I don't feel like it because I'm human. I get tired. Hello. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wake up at six every day. I go to bed sometimes late. I have a lot, you know, life happens, obviously. But I wanted, guys, I look forward to wake up in the morning. I can't wait to hop on a training. I can't wait when I have to host. Like, I don't, I'm not like, oh, I have wake up with the refab. I'm like, I get to host this. When I host trainings for my team, I get to host this. When I hop on calls with people to share the vision about what I do, I get to do it. 
I look forward to it. Of course, some days I'm tired, but most of the time I look forward to it. So they, it's because they're alluring. R is for relevant. Don't set a goal without knowing why you're setting it. Ideally, um, your goal should relate to a challenge you're having, your life's purpose or your core values. You know, so it's important to know why. Like, okay, so you want to be a millionaire, why? Is it because you don't come from a lot of money? Is it because when you were young, your parents didn't have a good relationship with money? Is it because your entire life you've seen your parents say and have a bad relationship with money, therefore you don't want to keep on having that for your future? Why do you want to be a millionaire? Do you just want to be a millionaire because you want to party? Why? You want to travel the world because you've never traveled before? Why? Because when you know why, you're going to want to keep on doing it and working towards those goals. Okay? And T is for truth. Don't set a goal just because your neighbor is doing it or your parents expect it to you, of you, sorry. Make sure your goal is something you want, something that remains true to you. If your goal isn't true to you, you're far more likely to procrastinate and sabotage yourself. So for example, your bestie sets a goal. I'm like, oh my God, we're best friends. So I want the same goal as you. This is so fun. But then you end up copying your friend. And it's some of you guys, I have friends, we have the same goals, but we align so much that we have the same goals. So it's not me, nobody's copying nobody here. But if you have, you know, that one friend and she has a certain goal, and you're like, well, you know, just because she's my best friend, like I want to have the same goal. But like, this is not your truth. Well, it's going to be so easy for you to stop working for it because you know them, right? This is not your goal. This is her goal. It's not yours. So connect with yourself. When you write down your goals, be alone. Don't be with somebody else even not your significant other, unless you, you're going over a, a couple goals. But if it's your for personal goal, be alone. Listen to music, connect with yourself. What do you want? Ask yourself those questions. Don't try to please somebody else. What, is, what do you want to accomplish? That way you make sure that's gonna, they're going to be relevant to you and to your heart and truth. And then we're going to talk about purpose and passion. Okay, people who know uh, their purpose in life know who they are, what they are, and why they are. Purpose can, uh, can guide life decisions, influence behavior, um, shape goals, offer a sense of direction, and create meaning. Okay. For example, right now, one of my purpose in life is to inspire people and help people change their life the same way that I was able to change mine. That's one of my purpose right now, is to help others open their eyes to all of the opportunities that they're out there in this world because I know that 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 once upon a time I needed that I needed that once somebody that showed me this world for me to open up my eyes and for me to have the life that I have today so that's one of my purpose share the vision share the light okay so he he, he makes basically makes the difference between passion and purpose so passions uh, passion comes when we rediscover our authentic alive self the one who has been muted and buried beneath the pile of other people's expectation. Whoa. It's all good, eh? <laughs> That's with the little commentary. Passion comes when we rediscover our authentic, alive self. The one who has been muted and buried beneath the pile of other people's expectations. So that's passion. So finding your passion is like finding your true love. Okay? And that you have to go on many dates to get the perfect match. It's like for a while, dance was my passion. It still is. It's not what I want to do in life, though. 
for, for two years, I truly believed I was going to go to LA and be a dancer. And I got, that was going to be my life. And then I found network marketing and all of a sudden, well, this ends up being my passion, helping others, building others, living my best life, becoming better. That's my passion. I still love, obviously dance is one of my passion, but it's not what I want to do every single day of my life. Now purpose, however, is about how you relate to other people. Us dancers don't make much. Yes, you have to really, I know, I know when I saw that, I'm, like, oh, I'm trying to become a millionaire. So I'm trying to see like, I'm doing the math. Um, you know, maybe I'll need something else, you know? So <laughs> we decided to go with network marketing. Okay. <laughs> that was, that was the, the, the result. Um, so purpose is what you're here to share with the world. It's how you use your passion. You see, my purpose is to help others do what I do because what I do is my passion. You know what I mean? So I really like how he kind of put it together. Oh. Am I still on? <gasps> I got scared, guys. This the the, the Zoom closed. I was like, the, the call clock closed. Okay. So I want you guys to write down, not now, but write it like what you have to do after this call. What are your current passions? And do you know your life purposes? Your life's purpose. So what are your current passions? Name them all. You can have multiple ones. Like dancing is still one of my passion. I just don't do it anymore because I want to focus on my main passion, which is, you know, what I do now. And do you know what are your life's purpose? Okay. And if you don't yet, write down just a little bit of what you think it is. And amazing. And now finding your reasons. So when it comes to doing anything at life, reasons re reap the rewards, okay? So reasons that are tied to your purpose, um, identity, and values will sufficiently motivate you to act even in the face of all of the daily obstacles that life puts in the way. So your reasons why you do things is what's going to motivate you to, to, to act at the end of the day. That's why the first thing when people get started with me on my team, I say, write down your why and your goals. And I say, you know why? Because, and I literally say that all the times. So if you've been, if you're on my team, you know, it's because it's going to get hard. On some days, you're not going to feel like it. Sometimes you're not going to get the results you want. But what's going to keep you going is your why. I know why I'm on this journey. I know why I work so hard. I know why I refuse to be average. I know why I show up when I, want, I don't feel like it. I know why I wake up at 6 a.m. Even when I know I love my sleep. There's all of these reasons. Do you know your why so deep that when you don't feel like it, you still want to put in action? And if you're struggling to find motivation to learn, to find motivation to work your business, to find motivation to get out of your comfort zone, it's because you don't know it's not deep enough. Because if it was deep enough, you're the reason why you're doing things, you wouldn't, you, you, you would take action. You wouldn't procrastinate so much. You wouldn't snooze so much. You wouldn't use so much excuses. So, if you need to today, why don't you revisit your why today? Just, you know, why am I doing all of this? Why am I on Wake Up With The Refab listening to this girl for a whole hour? She speaks too much, taking all of these notes. Why? Why are you here? Why? And if you're tuning in from the podcast, why are you listening to me right now while you're driving on the driveway? Right? You could be listening to music. Could be listening to the J Balvin new songs and all of these things. I don't know that, that are popping. I'm really not on top of that. Right, but you decide to listen to this. Why? 
And you know, um, that's something he said, like, um, he, he doesn't, he said, I don't do FOMO anymore. I don't get FOMO. You know what he gets? He gets JOMO. You want to know what that means? <laughs> you know, when you see people partying and chilling and whatever, he said, I don't have FOMO anymore. Like I, he has JOMO. He has the joy of missing out. <laughs> Instead of having the fear of missing out, he has the joy of missing out. He's like, I don't care. I don't care if y'all chilling. If you guys want to party, I have my goals to work for. I love that. He's such a nerd and, he is, and he's like all in with that. I really, really love it. And what do you have to lose now? So what is your motivation? What is motivation, guys? I'm asking. Do you guys know what is motivation? It's a set of emotions. We talked about it before. Emotions are feelings and it, and it fades away, okay? And I, that's why I always say, am I motivated? No, I'm dedicated. That's what I am. I'm not motivated. I'm dedicated. Because if you think I would have to rely on my motivation, well, guess what? I was not motivated to work out today, yet I still did it because I'm dedicated. Not because I'm motivated, because trust me, my bed was comfy this morning. I don't know why, but all of, all of the mornings, my bed was calling me, still woke up, 5.55, because I'm dedicated. I'm not motivated, okay? So motivation um, comes from purpose, fully feeling and associating with the consequences of our action. So now what I want you guys to go over, you wrote down your why. I want you guys to go over what would happen if your goals don't, um, if your goals don't uh, manifest in, into reality. If you don't do the things that you have to do in order to manifest those goals. What are the disadvantages um, you, you're going to go through if you don't apply what you learn, if you don't do the things that you have to do, if you don't show up, if you don't wake up at the time you have to wake up, what, what is going to happen? And now I want you to write what's going to happen if you don't do it. And I want you to write what's going to happen if you show up every day, if you put the in the action, if you wake up, if you stop snoozing, if you stop accepting the bare minimum, if you start showing up with your standards, what's going to happen? So write down the both of them, the negative and the positive. Okay. And when you feel stuck, I want you to go back to what will happen if you don't do things and to your why, because I'm going to tell you guys something. There's no such thing as feeling stuck. You're feeling stuck in your mind because the truth is energy is flowing at all times. So there's no, there's no such thing as being stuck right now. Energy is flowing. You think you're stuck. Not how it works. We're not in a movie. We're not stuck. We're always in motion. You feel stuck because you're not connected to your why, because you overthink it, overthinking, you have limiting beliefs, you have misconceptions. That's why you feel stuck because you're not getting the results that you want and you put pressure on yourself and you think that if it doesn't happen tomorrow, you're a failure. Well, guess what? You're not a failure. Guess what? You're not stuck. You think you are, but you can work on that. Okay, so we're gonna leave it at that for this week because it's already 10.03. And if I go on, we're going to probably finish at 1030. And I know that you guys have things to do. But if you were tuning in from the podcast, thank you so much for joining us. I just want to let you know, you guys, something amazing is going to happen at the end of this month on May 28th. If you're somebody listening to this right now, and you're, you're somebody that's interested into entrepreneurship, or you are an entrepreneur in whatever field you are, you're interested into network marketing, or you want to learn about crypto, be around like-minded people, just learn from successful people in this industry that makes six, seven, eight-figure earner 
we're going to be having this huge event in Toronto on May 28th um, called Euphoria. If you want to um, be able to access to that event, you can reach out to me on Instagram at it's Sabrina Cividal. I'm going to give you a promo code, $10 off, baby. Um, so yeah, I'll see you all there. And if thank you so much for tuning in from the podcast. I'll see you guys next week.